Good morning. Welcome to the another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today, I'm looking at the voluminous activity of Satan in past and present, the true Old Testament prophets versus false, and how Satan creates acceptable sorceries. Did you ever wonder how the Old Testament prophets prophesied? Did you ever wonder about the false prophets and their unholy business? Well, today is a prophet a palooza. Now, for background, the Old Testament has 39 books. And of these, they're generally divided as Pentateuch, that's the first five, historical books, poetic and wisdom literature, and the prophets. Of those 39 books, 41% are written by prophets or contain major prophecies. First and second Samuel are part of what is considered the historical section of the Old Testament, but Samuel was Israel's first prophet, and the books describe his emergence and his activities as a prophet. I didn't include Lamentations as one of the prophetical books, but some do. So, in other words, the Old Testament is heavy with prophets. Now, the major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. They're called major due to their length and the broadness of scope, not because of the content. And the minor prophetical books are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. They're dubbed minor, not due to their content, but because these books are shorter and have a narrower focus. Prophets foretold the future as given by God. That's something we're all familiar with. But that's not all they did. The true prophets were designated as a representative of God before the people. Sometimes when they received God's message, they proclaimed it to the king of Israel. And another task they performed was to remind the people of their covenant with God as delivered by Moses. I know we all know this one. Prophets told the people there would be judgment if they rebelled, but the prophets also told of a coming blessing if they were obedient. They also called the people to repent and turn to God. They taught the people the law and they were watchmen. So not everything the prophets did involved foretelling. Sometimes they engaged in forthtelling too. A few common refrains in the prophetic books are, thus saith the Lord, which was the prophet's way of affirming that the prophecy was from God and not their own made-up speech. And the word of the Lord came to me. A seminary friend believes that when we read the word of the Lord came to me, as we see in Jeremiah 1.4, that it was Jesus coming to speak to the prophet in a pre-incarnate appearance. And, you know, that made sense to me. 
After all, Jesus is the word, John 1.1, 1, 1, but whichever way it happened, the prophetical words were delivered and were usually accepted as having come from God, whether they liked the message or not. The true prophets operated in a variety of ways. Sometimes they spoke a word as given to them by God that I just mentioned. Sometimes they became a symbol or acted out a symbol. Like Hosea's marriage to Gomer was a symbol of Israel's adulterous relationship with false gods. Ezekiel in particular was called to perform sign acts or symbolical actions. He was tasked in one example with laying on his side for a year in front of a model of a siege mound. Jeremiah was tasked with smashing clay pots, <clears throat> pots in front of the audience who came to seek the word. You can read that in Jeremiah 19, 10 to 13. Isaiah was told to preach barefoot and nearly naked, Isaiah 20, 1 to 2. Now, Satan is relentlessly active. So, of course, there were many false prophets, too. And they had other methods of gaining information from the gods. Of course, there are no other gods, and the one true God was not speaking to them. So they needed to devise other ways of appearing to have inside wisdom. And the Bible speaks against many of these activities. I went and found all the verses condemning their practices. And I was surprised to see there were so many. There were many verses describing condemnation of many of these evil practices. For example, the Bible speaks against soothsayers, magicians, necromancers, witches, mediums, fortune tellers, sorcerers, sorceresses, omen interpreters, charmers, one who inquires of the dead, diviners, dreamers. Wow, that is a lot of demonic activity. Now in Exodus 7, 10 to 12, we see that some of these magicians, like Pharaoh's magicians, did actually possess some powers. I mean, Satan is a powerful angel, capable of masquerading as an angel of light, even. I mean, he caused wind to destroy Job's house. I mean, wind, if you read the verse, wind that came from all four directions at once. He call, caused lightning to fall. I mean, Job 1, 16, and... 18 and 19. So to a point, the magicians had powers to replicate Moses and Aaron's miracles from God. But in the end, Aaron's rod swallowed up the magician's rods, and the limited extent of their power was reached. In Deuteronomy 13.2, we see that occasionally a prophet or a dreamer will predict some sign or wonder that does come to pass. In those cases, the verse says, one must detect if they are leading you away from God. The warning for us is that when we dabble 
more on that below, there actually does exist a darkness with powers that you will be inviting into your home, your heart, and your mind. Now, I listed a lot of sorceries um, titles above, and now I'm going to define them. And these are from my Logos 9 software, the fact book, and um, some dictionaries. A soothsayer, that's a phrase used in some translations to describe someone who practices divination, fortune-telling, or astronomy. An example is Balaam. The Bible speaks against magician. That's one who attempts to manipulate one's environment through incantations, curses, or blessings. Now, the magicians of Nebuchadnezzar were a group of men who served that king as magicians. But Nebuchadnezzar favored Daniel and his friends over his own magicians. Necromancer, that's one who inquires of the dead or interrogates the dead, as the word literally means, with a view to discovering the secrets of the future. Diviner, that's a ritual action employed by someone to determine the will or knowledge of deities. Fortune teller, it's a synonym for diviner, foretelling future events or discovering secret things with the aid of superior beings other than humans. Witch, another name is sorceress, a female whose work was in divination and magic. Also, it was meant someone who dealt with drugs and herbs for occult purposes. Also, it means a conjurer, someone who interprets omens. You can see 1 Samuel 28 about the witch of Endor. Now, trivia, if you're familiar with the television show from the 1960s called Bewitched, Samantha, the witch's witch mother, was named Endora. There were sorcerers, that's from the Latin sortiriarius probably mangled that one. That's one who casts lots or one who tells the lot of others. And Daniel 2.2, 2, it, it means mutterers or men who profess to have power with evil spirits. And the practice of sorcery exposed to severest punishment. They were mediums. That's one possessed by Leviticus 26, or consulting, Deuteronomy 18.11, a ghost or a spirit of the dead, for looking for information about the future. Now, acting as a medium in the Bible was punishable by stoning, Leviticus 20.27. Consulting a medium, if you did that, meant you would be excluded from the congregation of Israel. The transformation of Saul from one who expelled mediums to one who consulted a medium at Endor graphically illustrates his fall. Participating in these things is deadly. There were omen interpreters. Now, an omen is a phenomenon that's perceived to indicate something else, especially about future events, and it's also known as a sign. Omens are considered divine signs, 
solicited for the purpose of guiding human action. Now, people who observed omens is a really well-attested practice in the ancient Near East. A lot of it was happening, along with the corresponding practice of divination, which was used to discern the meaning of an omen. The Bible forbids the Israelites from interpreting omens. Do you see a cardinal and say it's an omen from a departed relative? Don't. It's augury and it's a forbidden dark practice. I mean, a bird is just a bird. There were charmers, you know, snake charmers. Psalm 58, 5, Jeremiah 8, 17, Ecclesiastes 10, 11. It was an early and universal opinion that the most venomous reptiles could be made harmless by certain charms or other sweet sounds. And there were dreamers. Now, a dreamer is defined as the visual and oral, A-U-R-A-L, you know, the ear, sensations that a sleeping person experiences. Now, dreams in the Bible are often a vehicle for divine oracles. A dreamer is a person who experiences like an unreal event that occur in their mind during sleep. In ancient times, these dreams were often associated with messages from deities. But Deuteronomy 13.3 says not to listen to dreamers. Well, the demonic activity I just described in its various permutations is astonishing. Did you realize there had been so much? Now, W.L. Leefield named and listed many of the demonic acts. They have titles. Cresmology, that's prognostication by seers through oracles. I can't pronounce this one. Oniromancy, O-N-E-I-R-O-Mancy. The practice of predicting the future through dream interpretation. Okay, there was astrology, necromancy, haruspicy, which is the study of the entrails of animals. This was really popular. Augury, analysis of the movement of animals, especially birds. Omens and portents, which is interpreting different events in the natural world. There was, for example, divination of um, by hydromancy. That's the water, including color, ebb and flow, or certain ripples pr produced by pebbles dropped in a pool. Pyromancy, which means divination by fire. Clearomancy, casting of lots, and still other techniques like lacanomancy, observing the pattern of oil poured onto water, libomancy, observing the smoke uh, generated by a sensor. Whew. Now, from excavated texts, we learned the ancient world was filled with individuals who predicted future events by dreams or divining rod or shaking marked arrows, consulting teraphim. Now, these are the figurine idols. And remember, Rachel stole her father's teraphim, Genesis 31, 19. Even examining animal livers. The British Museum is filled with ancient texts about astrologers who observed signs in the heavens, 
or saw omens, good or bad, like storms, earthquakes, even the flight of birds, even a screaming hen or an odd birth, or even when a house began to look old. All those people who are interpreting things like that are not prophets. Now, I post all this and speak of it at length to illustrate the past and current exceedingly active doings of Satan and the demons that he inspires to do evil in the world. For example, are any of these practiced today? Yes. Do you read your horoscope in the newspaper? That's astrology. Do you try to find water by dousing? That's divination. Do we say knock wood or shudder if a black cat crosses our path? Do we say the cardinal is a happy departed family member? Or the hoot of an owl means someone is going to die soon? That's augury. There's the magic eight ball, the Ouija board. None of these are acceptable because they are all forbidden by the Bible. Have these so-called minor divinations become acceptable divinations in your life? With apologies to Jerry Bridges for paraphrasing his acceptable sins motif. You remember the magic eight ball. If you, it's a looked like an eight ball from pool game. It's black and it has an eight on it in a white background. And on the other side, there was a little window. And inside the ball, there was blue liquid. And you shook the ball and then a little um, tiny ball would emerge into the window and it would have like, answers to what you had asked. You shook the ball and waited to see what answer would float up. Now, many people practice these today, even publicly, even people who profess to be Christian. I mean, there are witches abounding who use tarot cards to tell your fortune. But even actress Roma Downey, who claims to be a semi-Christian sort of, she, from the Bible and touched by an angel, that actress, she engaged in necromancy on live TV by calling up her dead mother using a medium. And an ongoing activity at Bethel Reading Church and College, you know, their school of prophets, they profess to be Christian, but they have actual classes that teach dream interpretation. I mean, you can look it up. So they are dreamers, according to the Bible, and thus are in God's bad books. A lot of people pray to the saints or Mary. That's inquiring of the dead, necromancy. Professing Christian Beth Moore tells frequently of her dreams and visions. She indulges in cresmology, prognosticates future events, does automatic writing, and acts as a prophet and a seer. Her condemnation is looming. Many other women of her ilk also claim to hear words directly from God, thus claiming to be prophets. But God said, I have not spoken and I have not sent them. <clears throat> Speaking of the Bethel School of Prophets, everything new that was old once before. There seemed to be a cults of false prophets at the town of Mari, M-A-R-I, at the Syrian-Iraq border. These, um, Balaam is associated with this activity quite heavily, according to the texts unearthed there in archaeological digs. 
These prophecies um, at Mari were normally delivered only to the king, not to the people, and were generally mild to favorable. Hint, hint, probably false. There is no evidence that this cult of prophets and their alleged prophetic activity gave messages related to the moral life of the nation or even the king, which we know the true prophets usually did. If the Mari area prophets chastised, it was gentle and minor. This was a big contrast with the difficult messages the true biblical prophets were instructed to give, sometimes at peril for their life. Although, this is from the Lexham Bible Dictionary, quote, although Numbers 22.7 uses the noun omen, and the word has been translated fees for divination, Balaam is far from the standard role of prophet in the biblical literature. Joshua 13.22 views Balaam as one who practiced divination. Now, ladies, the only reliable prophetical information we have is in the Bible. Avoid all forms of sorcery, even those that have become so mundane in modern life that it feels like they're acceptable. They are not. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.